Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we give that hand clap to the Lord one more time this afternoon. Let's let him know how much we love him one more time and appreciate him and thank him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus, we love you this afternoon. Praise God. We're thankful for your goodness and mercy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Ooh, I feel anointed now. Praise God. Hallelujah. What an honor and a privilege to be here in this great district. You can be seated for just a moment. Let me just, just for a few moments, get my bearings here. And so you can maybe uh, say, who is this guy anyway? I, this Just got to let you know, this is my first time to be here in Alaska. And uh, so... I have to say, this may be as close to heaven as I have ever been. It is really, really beautiful. Praise the Lord. Uh, that's true, Brother Wag. I said as I've ever been yet, so have not been there. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's, it's a real privilege, and I love what I feel, enjoy the fellowship. I've already had an opportunity to meet. Uh, several of you, and I just feel at home. Thank you for making us feel so welcome. We appreciate that. I'm from Tennessee, and they have a thing down there called Southern Hospitality, but I feel that and even more here in Alaska. Thank you for making us feel welcome. I know I speak on behalf of Brother Hobson and Brother Tony as well. Praise the Lord. Didn't we hear a tremendous message this morning, Brother Hobson? Praise God. What a word. Amen. What a word from the Lord. And then Tonight, we're going to hear another tremendous message. Looking forward to hearing our, our director, praise the Lord. And so, uh, so I'm kind of sandwiched in, sort of a, like the stuffing in an Oreo here, just kind of trying to uh, see what the Lord would say to us this afternoon. Praise the Lord. And uh, I know that everybody has had a, uh, a good lunch. And uh, so I realize that sometimes after lunch, uh, you you got to be wise and get to the point and get her done. Amen. But I do feel like the Lord wants to speak to us this afternoon. And uh, think that the Lord has given me a word, amen, tonight or this afternoon. So uh, I, I would just want to say also it's an honor to be here with uh, with your superintendent, Brother Parrish, and all the officials, the district board, uh, Brother Bradbury and Brother Wagner on our NAMAC committee, and, of course, Brother Blackshear does a tremendous job representing you on uh, our committee. And um, it's, amen, give him a good hand. Praise the Lord. Amen. And, and all the saints of the Most High God, I feel a kindred spirit. You know, no matter where I go, that, that Holy Ghost thread that weaves us together is a beautiful thing. And uh, I feel that, praise the Lord. I feel like God wants to, uh, to help us this week, praise God. Beautiful campground, and I'm thankful to be here, praise the Lord. I want to speak to you this afternoon from the book of Romans, chapter 13, and verse number 11. I am thankful for the United Pentecostal Church. I, uh, I, was, I did not wasn't really raised in this. I actually received the Holy Ghost in a Methodist church. My parents had never been to an apostolic church of any kind. And uh, when I was just a boy, they, uh, through a series of events, that my, my parents just began to develop a hunger for God and 
she had a, my mom had a cousin that went to the church of God, and so she had mentioned something about the Holy Ghost. And so uh, my mom and a couple of her sisters just started having home prayer meetings and just started praying and seeking the Lord, and they were serious. And you know what? Anytime that happens, God's going to meet somebody, fill them with the Holy Ghost. And so uh, they began to receive the Holy Ghost, and uh, we began to do what people do with the Holy Ghost in that Methodist church. And uh, they weren't all together excited to receive that. Uh, and so they asked us to leave, basically kicked us out. Uh, we went to the Church of God where we could worship freely. And then in a matter of time, about five years, my aunt and uncle that was serving in the Air Force in Germany sent us a Search for Truth Bible study. And again, we'd never been to an apostolic church of any kind, but uh, we went through that Search for Truth Bible study, and my mom had an open mind, and, and my dad, and, uh, you know, they saw it. Amen. And so they went to the Church of God pastor and said, Here's, uh, we need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And so they kicked us out. And uh, so then we went, uh, we found our way here to you. And some of you are looking at me a little bit funny right now. I, I don't know. I'm waiting on the other shoe to drop sometimes. But hopefully you won't kick us out. Amen. I, uh, I say that just so you, you kind of know that God will meet you wherever you are if you're hungry for him. And I think there's a world that's hungry for him. I think there's people in Alaska, in, in towns and villages that I've, I've never, I've, I can't even pronounce the names, but God knows. Amen. And I think it's time. I think it's our time. Praise God. Amen. Amen. In fact, I, I want to speak to you on that this afternoon. Um, Romans chapter 13, just one verse. Amen. Why don't we stand one more time? It's just kind of our tradition. I don't know how you do it here, but we like to stand for the Word of God and then let you sit down. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. While you're finding that, I'd like to say it's good to have my wife here. This is her first time here too. Give her the princess wave there, baby. There she is. All right. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. And that, knowing the time. Everybody say, knowing the time. That now it is high time. Everybody say, high time. To awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Praise God. The word that the Lord directed me to speak to you this afternoon is simply, it's time. I feel the Holy Ghost just automatically in this place right now. Hallelujah. It's time. Praise God. Why don't you just ask the Lord right now to bless the word of God as, as we receive it, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray that you would help us this afternoon. God, would you speak to our hearts, infuse faith into our lives. We know that if we would mix faith with the word of God and receive it, then great fruit can come from this day. We pray, God, that you would bless it today in the name of Jesus. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, bless you. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Do you remember where you were on September the 11th, 2001? We do, don't we? That was the infamous day that the terrorists flew planes into the World Trade Center in New York City. 
We all remember that day, the, the horror and the heroes and the death and the dust and all the things that happened there. The loss of 2,977 lives in Manhattan Borough. Manhattan has the third largest population of New York City at 1.7 million people. And when those planes hit, hundreds of thousands of people that lived and worked there ran for safety. And instinctively, they ran toward the water. And they soon were reminded that Manhattan was still an island. And they found themselves trapped. They couldn't go any further. They, if you remember, they didn't know whether another attack was coming. They didn't know how many planes were involved. And it was a very scary time. I remember distinctly that day because that was the day that my wife had flown with a group of ladies from our mother church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They were, and, and we didn't fly, okay? We just, we were trying to dig out a church. We, we didn't fly. And, uh, but this day, September the 11th, my wife was in a plane with some ladies going down to the She Conference in Alexandria, Louisiana. And so I couldn't get a hold of her because all the cell phones were down. Remember that? And in New York City, everything. I, I mean, I was scared. But I can't imagine what they were feeling in New York City when uh, all the, the cell towers were shut down, all the subways were closed, all the streets were closed. And so they just instinctively moved away from the towers and started gathering at the waterfront, which is as far as they could go. And even some of them jumped overboard in desperation, just started swimming somewhere. And as they gathered at the waterfront, the first mode of transportation that they saw were all of these boats. And so they just instinctively got on these boats, as many as they would hold. And uh, the captains that were there, they just started moving them away. So people got on the, the boats, and uh, suddenly they, were, they remembered that uh, actually for the first time in, a, I think, a century, boats by sea was the only way in or out of the city. And so all of a sudden, the ferry boat captains that saw what was happening that usually haul people over to Ellis Island and so forth, they come over and they started hauling a few people away. And then some other boats saw what was happening and they came in and they started hauling folks away. People just jumping on the boats. Finally, the Coast Guard saw what was happening and they decided to organize a rescue effort. And they made one call to all the boats in the whole area that wanted to get involved with the rescue effort together at Governor's Island. And then all of the Staten Island ferries came and the Long Island ferries and fishing boats and military boats and bass boats and just all, it was a, a, a uh, armada, if you will, of all different kinds of boats, all shapes and sizes. They came from everywhere. Basically, if it floated and it could get there, then it got there. Because of one radio call, hundreds of boats converged and they left the safe side of the harbor, the sunny side of the harbor, and they went into that smoke and confusion to try to help people to escape. One boat captain was interviewed and he said, my boat is small, but if I could just save one, it would be worth it. And his wife begged him, she said, honey, don't go back there because we don't know there may be another attack coming. But he said this. He said, I can't stand by and watch people suffer if I have the means to help. The people looked like zombies. They were covered in dust. 
but they loaded onto boats by the thousands. All kinds of people from all walks of life, housewives and window washers and executives and people of all races and languages. And uh, One blind lady with her seeing-eye dog was lifted over the rail by men in four suits. And one lady was reunited with her husband and, and just all kinds of people. And these boats worked all day. They had no training. They had no plan. They just saw the opportunity and they heard the call and they responded. It's been called the great boat lift of 9-11 and it actually became the largest in history. You'll probably remember the famous boat rescue in World War II of Dunkirk where 339,000 British and French soldiers were rescued in nine days. But on 9-11, 500,000 civilians were rescued in less than nine hours. Folks, we are in a spiritual 9-1-1. The enemy of our souls has plunged his attack planes into the moral towers of our land. And what once stood high in morality is now crumbled at a heap. And people are trapped. They've gone as far as they can go. They're standing at the waterfront of lies and traditions. And they're trapped by problems and by fear and by lies and by hurts and shackled and bound by the consequences of sin. And they've gone as far as they can go. And some of them in desperation just jump over the edge. But I'm here to remind us this afternoon that we have the lifeboats. We have the opportunity to rescue the perishing. There is a need and the call has gone forth. And God has called you to your city and to your church Amen. It doesn't matter if your ship is large, medium, or small. It doesn't matter if your youth group is large, medium, or small. It doesn't matter if you got enough parking. It doesn't matter if you got enough leaders, not enough money. Maybe there's a bad history in your town, but I'll tell you this. There's desperate people in your town. There are those that need this gospel that we have, and they're trapped and they're waiting on us to come by with the rescue. Do you believe we have the answer? Do you believe the gospel still works? I believe it's the only thing that works. We've got the old gospel ship, and it still works today. Amen. Hallelujah. You might say, well, I'm not a pastor. Let me tell you something. In God's army, there's no such thing as a non-commissioned officer. We've all received the commission, go ye into all the world. Amen. And reach the lost. The Marines have a saying, every man a rifleman. And I believe that every child of God is a missionary. We all need to be missionaries in our own zip code. What would happen in Alaska, amen, if we all, and I know that you have that, I feel that, but praise God, I believe that we're all missionaries in our area. Praise God. We see the need. We know our mission. I believe that. Do you believe the message? I believe that. I believe we understand that message. I believe we understand the need. But my question today is, do we understand the time? 
We get the word time from the old English timer, which is they get the word tide from it as the tide that rises and falls because time is actually based on tides or the rotation of the earth, something that was consistent. Amen. Time is very important in the Bible. First Chronicles 12 and 32, there were men of Issachar that had understanding of the times. Because it's one thing to understand what to do, but it's another thing to know when to do it and when to adjust, and that is called timing. I was just reading a book the other day, and it said that not doing something that, that we uh, know we should be doing but we don't want to do is called procrastination. But waiting on the right timing is called patience. Amen. I believe that we understand our mission, but do we understand our timing? Because timing is connected to mission. Amen. I know we have some military here in in the group today. If you're military, raise your hand. I I I saw some military. Have you served in the military? There's, There's some. There's some that have served. Why don't you give these military, these folks that served in the military a great hand? Thank you for your service. Amen. Now, a military unit, when they have a mission, they will evaluate the intelligence and they'll look at their resources and they'll look at a map and figure out the geography and they'll sketch out a plan and they'll look at all the contingencies and they'll come up with the best possible plan to accomplish that mission and be sure that everybody understands it. But just before they set out to accomplish the mission, you know what's the last thing they do? They synchronize their watches. Because it's very important that the timing is right with the mission. Because if the timing isn't right, then there's a danger of friendly fire. There's a danger of one element not being coordinated properly with the artillery and the infantry, and maybe the drop zone may not be identified, and and timing is mission critical. And our text here in Romans 13 and 11 says, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. And I believe we understand we're spiritual soldiers here today, and we need to synchronize our watches with the Spirit of God in order to get our Orders from headquarters, amen. And when I'm not talking about St. Louis headquarters, I'm talking about from the Lord himself because his ways are above our ways. And if we don't synchronize our spirit with his, then we might miss the opportunity. And, and we do this in prayer. We do this in the altar at count meeting, amen. We do this in the word. We do this in preaching. In fact, the more time we spend in God's presence, the more in sync we are with him the more we understand about his timing, amen, the more that we can hear and and be clear on his orders. Conversely, the more time you spend in worldly carnal pursuits, the more in sync you are with the world. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss the orders. I just want my my commander to whisper something like David just mentioned that he'd like to have a drink from the waters of Bethlehem and his troops immediately understood and they, they carried out that just based. They were so close to their commander that they knew what he wanted. I want to be so close to God. I want to be the first one in the altar. I want to be the one that says, God, whatever you need, whatever my pastor needs, I want to be there. I want to do it. 
I want to act on it immediately. Amen. I want to pay attention to the time. The Bible certainly does. John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation chapter 1 verse 3 wrote, Keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Amen. Now there is time and then there is urgency. Jude said, some you, you say with compassion, but some you snatch out of the fire. And, and there's, there's, there's some times when you just got to be urgent about it. In the book of Exodus with Egypt virtually destroyed, God instructed the Israelites to, to get ready to leave. And he, he said, you get dressed and you take a lamb for every house and apply it to the doorpost. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And, and, and it was so urgent that they didn't even have time for their bread to rise. And in the New Testament, the Bible talks about the, uh, the ten virgins. At midnight, the bridegroom came and five virgins were out shopping for oil. Not because they were bad people. I mean, they were out shopping for oil, for crying out loud. You know? But they just missed the timing. These were probably good tithe payers, probably good folks. Maybe they cleaned the church. They might have been pastors, but they were, they, they, they were at the train station when the ship came in. They missed the opportunity because they weren't synced with the Spirit. I fear sometimes we, we, we might be guilty of, of, of planning and organizing and delegating and reorganizing and marketing. I'm for all of that. I'm a firm believer if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. However, as the great theologian Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan till you get punched in the mouth. Because the best laid plans have to be adjusted. And they have to be put into operation at the right time. And they, they have to be flexible. And you know how you do that? Is that you stay in sync with the Spirit. And he'll tell you, hey, your neighbor's ready for a Bible study. Hey, there's a, there's a group over here. Maybe there's an opportunity for a preaching point. Hey, there, there's something happening in the Spirit over here. I want to stay connected so that I understand when it's time to adjust, when it's time to move. Timing. Timing. Amen. Everybody say it's time. Praise God. Amen. Sometimes you got to adjust. Amen. Maybe some here come to Alaska account meeting feeling like you've been punched in the mouth. Amen. You know what? We can synchronize this week. Every song we sing, every fellowship opportunity, every, every message we hear, what are we doing? We're getting back in sync with the Spirit. You're going to go home with a word from God. You're going to go home. Amen. God's going to guide you. He's going to direct you. He's going to strengthen you. Amen. When you get back to implement the mission, you're going to say, I've been in the presence of God. I've got orders from the commander-in-chief, the captain of my salvation. And I will not be afraid. Though 10,000s have arrayed themselves against me round about. Hallelujah. Praise God. We can do this. We can do this. Hallelujah. Amen. We know the mission. But do we know how to adjust? And 
when and how to implement. You know, sometimes we feel like God had, everything has to be all perfect and just lined up so-so. And, but that's not the way it happens in my experience and in the Bible. God works miracles in the biggest mess sometimes. And, and, and it's, it's all a matter of when God says go. So maybe, you know, you've you're, you got situations and you think, man, I, I, if I could just get this straightened out, if I could just get, you know, this going in my life, you know. That, but God says it's go time now. He says it's high time. If you come to count meeting looking for a word, that's your word. It's time today. Praise God. It's high time. Hallelujah. It's time to get serious. It's time to pray. It's time to set our affection. It's time to blow a clear trumpet. It's time to reach our world. Dwight Eisenhower had to make a call on D-Day when weather threatened to postpone all of the great buildup that had happened in the invasion of Europe, they had made incredible preparations. But now, it was all down to timing. And it would be a shame to miss that opportunity because of timing. But I looked at all the situation, and he said, it's go time. I believe the Lord is saying to Alaska, it's go time. I believe there's hungry people in every town and village. And I believe that God is going to equip us. I believe that God is going to go before us. He's going to make the crooked way straight. He's going to help us. He will be with us. A very present help in the time of trouble. Do you believe that today? Why don't we give the Lord a hand of praise and thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time. Praise God. Amen. Sometimes we don't recognize the obstacle is an opportunity. The Chinese use two brush strokes for the word crisis. One brush stroke stands for danger and the other for opportunity. So in a crisis, there is danger, but yet there is opportunity. The early church faced this in Acts chapter 4, they had been persecuted and just want to listen to what, how they handled it, what they prayed for. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Now, the man at the temple, the, the gate had been healed, chapter 3, and they were being persecuted. And notice what they say. Lord, grant unto thy servants with all boldness that they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Did you catch what they prayed for? They, did, they prayed for boldness. They didn't pray for deliverance like I would have prayed. They didn't pray for favor with the government. They didn't pray for, you know, some sort of heinous infestation of insects, you know, similar to the bubonic plague or something to come in and, you know, they, they didn't do all of that, you know. Smite my enemies, you know. They didn't do that. They prayed 
for boldness. They didn't wring their hands and worry. They didn't say, hey, God, they're threatening us. You know, you need to take care of this. But they said, maybe this is an opportunity that God has presented before us. God, give us the boldness to speak your word. Maybe if we could see the opportunity in our crisis instead of shriveling in the darkness and and maybe if we could step out in faith when all we can see is the darkness, then maybe we could see some miracles. And maybe God would do some things in our life and in our family. Amen. Praise God. Maybe. Hallelujah. We're here at camp meeting and we need to be refreshed and renewed because when we get back, we know we got some battles to fight. Amen. And sometimes we kind of dread that. It's kind of like the fighter that's been beat up and bruised a little bit and he's in the corner and he kind of hates, he dreads hearing that bell that says get back in there amen but I think uh, by the time this week is over with uh, you're going to be jumping ahead of the bell and you're going to be anxious to get back uh, into the ring uh, because you're going to be full of faith uh, and a word from God uh, amen and you're going to know deep in your spirit that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world You're going to come out swinging because you know this might look bad. It might look like an obstacle, but I believe God has put it here, as Brother Hobson said this morning, for an opportunity. Somebody say, it's my time. It's time to take advantage of the opportunity. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. I'm supposed to be teaching. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's look, at the, let's look at the text. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. And that knowing the time. Now I'm not a, I'm not a theologian. I barely can pronounce theologian. I don't know Greek. I don't know Hebrew. I have to call my good friend, Brother Bradbury, and let him straighten me out. But I do have a strong concordance. And I do understand that there are two main words from the original Greek that the Bible uses to translate the word time. It's chronos and kairos. Chronos is focused on chronological time. That's where we get our time, chronological time. But kairos, spelled K-A-I-R-O-S, that is an opportune time, a seasonal time. It's the right time. I want to say it like this. Chronos is our time. That's what everybody looks on your watch and that's what you see is chronological time. But Kairos is God's time. Chronos is our time but Kairos is God's time. Chronos is time. Kairos is timing. Kairos is a due season. Due season. You will reap if you faint not. In due season. It's an opportunity. So what do you do? Well, you can't, you don't know. Some people in Jesus' time said, tell us when shall the Son of Man come? He said, it's not for you to know the time. That's Kairos. That's God's time. But it is for you to go in faith. It's for you to stay plugged into the Spirit. Amen. And to be faithful in our work. To show up for duty every day. Amen. To be faithful. And then all of a sudden, God says, yeah, you've been walking along in Kairos, and now, guess what? It's my time. And God does what you can't do because you've been doing what God won't do. 
But if you don't do what God won't do, he is not going to do what only he can do. Amen. It's time, though. I believe it's time. Praise God. Great things are happening all over the world. Great things are happening all over North America. I believe it's an opportunity. Our English word opportunity actually has an interesting origin. In the early times when ships were powered by sail and by wind that would move the ships across the water, captains would have to wait in the harbor for the right moment to enter the port so they could uh, dock and they could buy and sell merchandise. So the ship's captain and crew would pay close attention to the tides, the winds, and the port for that exact moment to go in because the tide had to be high enough that the ship would not go aground but low enough that it would still be able to dock. And if that timing was missed, then the ship would have to wait again for the conditions to be right. And that perfect timing is called ob portu in Latin. That is where we get the English word opportunity. You know what it means? Toward the port. It is that perfect moment when time and tide converge to allow a ship to dock safely in the harbor. Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in a spiritual opportunity when our effort and God's divine power are coming together for an awesome end-time revival like we have never known before. I believe that today. I believe that today. I believe that it is time. When God, Brother Hobson talked about it this morning, he stole my thunder about the church that just received a building. We've had a run of that lately. Many churches have received a building. Praise God. Amen. Why? Because it's our opportunity. You know why Alaska broke all records of Christmas for Christ this year? Because it's our opportunity. You know why we'll do even better this year? Because it's our opportunity. Amen. If you've been skittish, you've been sitting on the sideline, let me just tell you, go ahead and step out in faith. Teach that Bible study. Go ahead and spend that extra time in prayer. Go ahead and trust God and believe God and write that check for your tithes because it's time. It's opportunity. God is doing something in the earth. I want to be a part of it. I don't want to miss it. It's our time. It's high time. It's time for preaching points. It's time for daughter works. It's time for whole missionaries that have been struggling. Amen. All of a sudden to see God open up doors. Why? Because you've been faithful and now all of a sudden says you've been working in your time. Let me show you what I can do in my time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just reach out right now and love the Lord? And just praise him for a moment. Love him for a moment. Hallelujah. It's time for that bus route. It's time to open your mouth. It's the appointed time. Hallelujah. The iron is hot. It's time to strike. Hallelujah. 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 Let us be not weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, it's high time.
Hallelujah. Look, look back at somebody else say, it's my time. Somebody here today kind of feels like you've been left behind. Guess what? It's your time. Somebody here come to camp meeting, been going through a dry spell. Guess what? It's your time. Somebody feel like I never get a break. I'm here with the word of God. It's your time. It's your time, Alaska. It's your time. The disciples were tired of fishing, been fishing all night long. They were cleaning the nets, getting put up. All of a sudden, they heard a voice from the bank and said, why don't you cast out your net one more time? Because when they were ready to go home, Jesus was ready to go fishing. I believe it's somebody's time. Don't cast out the net and don't put up the net. Throw it out one more time. It's your opportunity. It's our time. It's not just time, it's high time. It's God's time. It's our opportunity. I want you to come to this front right now. Believe in God, amen. And when you come up to this front, I want you to come with an attitude. Carpe diem, seize the day. It is my time. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. I want you to leave this afternoon session, amen, believing that it is time. It's my time. It's high time. God's going to do it Come on, hallelujah, amen. Let's leave this place with an attitude of confidence. Hallelujah, get down in your spirit. Praise God, hallelujah. I, I know Louisiana may have had their time. Other districts might have had their time. But I'm telling you, Alaska, Yukon, it is time. It is time. Yes. Yes. Shalom rakala mosoto robo. Hinolomo. It's time for a breakthrough. It's time for a breakthrough. Come on, somebody hadn't got the Holy Ghost. You can get it right now because it's your time. Open your mouth and let the Lord speak through you. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. time. 